0: It's time to review the final chapter of the Unbreakable Trilogy and this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Hey everybody, I'm John Dotson and today I'm joined by Tim and Travis. And in this episode, we're reviewing the latest M. Night Shyamalan film, Glass. But before we do that, like we do every month, we're going to regale you with tales of everything we've been playing and watching over the last month, starting with Tim. Tim, what you been playing and what are you watching?
1: All right. So uh, what I've been watching is uh, not much outside of the stuff that we've been reviewing here on Triple Ghost. So I'm not going to go into a lot of what I've been watching. What I've been playing, however, I got a lot of different games Over uh, the Christmas season, and so I've been uh, starting to dive into some of those. The one game that I've been playing more than any other in uh, the recent memory here is uh, No Man's Sky. I got that one for PlayStation 4. Nice. And now um, I did not get this game when it first came out. So by the time that I've jumped into it now, they've had several very large updates. They implemented co-op, multiplayer. Um, they've they've done a lot to improve this game. So I, I recognize that I'm coming into a much improved game. And I gotta say, the way that the, sta- the state of the game now is it pretty much fits what I felt like they advertised the game was going to be like before it released. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's... Um, yeah, it it seems like all the features that I would look for are there. It's a lot of fun. The planets feel varied and interesting. You know, there's of course procedurally generated. There is some repeats and a lot of the like abandoned buildings you come across, they all look more or less the same, you know, but it's fine. Uh, it is still pretty glitchy. I've run into a lot of, uh, kind of like bugs and errors I've had the game crash on me several times but uh, it hasn't been too bad to where it's taken me out of the enjoyment I'm I'm still enjoying it a lot and I've been playing it co-op with a friend and so we've been you know checking in on each other's bases uh, exploring together and, and doing stuff like that so it's been a lot of fun I've also been trying out um, Octopath Traveler some more I'm at a point where I have recruited all of the eight main characters here, and I've just started diving into uh, some of the characters' chapter twos. Um, I'm probably going to end up, you know, once I get a little further into the game, I'll probably end up doing a full review on the TrifleGo site. But uh, just to give some kind of like early thoughts, it's... I would recommend it to people who really like older RPGs, because that's basically what this game is. It's a love letter to old style rpgs and i mean that in both the best and worst ways possible it's not as grindy as some of the older games but there's definitely some grinding uh it's challenging um you know in in a good way but that might be a turnoff for some people who are used to kind of some you know more recent rpgs but um i'm enjoying it for what it is travis
2: I have been playing very few things the past month. Um, uh, still playing Fallout 76 off and on a little bit here and there, but not as much as before because, you know, in terms of the main content, I've kind of mostly run out. It's it's just repeating a lot of stuff that I've already done just to kind of grind out some stuff, like better gear and more levels. Um, they added a way to respec your special stats so that like you can... Instead of choosing a perk on a level up, you can change up your stats. And I'm trying to change up my build a bit, so kind of grinding some levels for that, but um hoping just f- for more content on that soon and a lot of balances and fixes because you know, I wrote a post on the site recently about it, a review of where it is now. And, like I said there, I still can't exactly recommend that people just run out and buy this It's something that you might love and you really might not, so it's it's really hard to to gauge that, but I'm still having some fun with it, so that's good um
1: now, yeah. um Travis, were you an early adopter of no man's Sky? I was yes, which do you think had the worst oh, launch that is a tough question. <laughs> I think just because
2: of the expectations of uh, the bigger studio, Fallout 76 might have had the worst received launch. But in terms of the game that we were presented with, I think No Man's Sky was probably a little worse because... Well, I mean, I think like a third of people who tried it couldn't even launch the game because it would just immediately crash. So it was it Oof, was pretty yeah. pretty broken. I couldn't play it for a few weeks. Yeah, it's kind of... They're they're both pretty rough. It's kind of hard to say which was worse. <laughs> yeah, on top of that, um, thanks to a generous gift from Mr. John Dodson, I got Darkest Dungeon on the Switch for Christmas. And phew, that game is freaking hard. I'm playing it on the easiest setting, and like I've had a few party wipes, like full party wipes, and it's not like you just get a game over and you start over. You lose those party members and you have to go recruit more. Uh, it's pretty punishing. I want to read more about what I'm doing wrong and get better at it, because like the content of the game and like it's it's a turn based RPG, but it's got some really unique things about it that make it really compelling. And the art style, the music, the whole mood, everything is beautiful. But I just suck at it. Though um, so I want to come back to that one after I finish up with. um, Super Mario... uh, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, because Nintendo loves long-ass titles. (laughs) This game is really freaking good. Um, I played New Super Mario Bros. on the DS, New Super Mario Bros. Wii, and those were both fantastic. I feel like U, and um, I don't know about the original launch of U, but at least U Deluxe, it's just a more polished New Super Mario Bros. Everything feels great all the the power ups are really satisfying you never really feel like one kind of sucks i mean some of them are only useful for certain gameplay like you know the frog suit in super mario brothers 3 was terrible if you weren't in water and things like that um but yeah overall man this is really good um i there's some controversy about how if you go into four player mode a couple people have to be the like easy noob characters and Yeah, it's kind of a bizarre choice, but it's not really affecting me personally at all. Uh, I played four-player on the Wii version way back in the day, but I don't really think I'm going to have much opportunity to play four-player on this, and and honestly, it gets kind of unfun with that many people trying to play at once. It's just kind of hectic. So one or two-player, though, I love these games, and this one is really holding up. Um, as for what I've been watching though, uh, we realized when movies with Mikey started doing a three part video series on Harry Potter, we realized, you know, we don't own any of these movies. We watched them all. We really liked them. We've rented them a few times. We don't own them. So we bought the box set of all the movies and we're going through those. Nice. And wow. I've I've forgotten how great these movies were. I, the first two with Chris Columbus are probably the weakest out of the whole bunch and you know that's fine they were targeted toward the youngest audience and chris columbus was fantastic for setting up this universe that he really was but the the movies don't have nearly as high stakes everything is more childish but you know necessarily more childish but yeah once you get to um prisoner of azkaban and the dementors show up you just kind of realize that you know nothing is ever going to be good for these kids again until the end of the 8th movie like they're just screwed and it's the the rest of them just kind of keep piling more and more on them and showing just the bravery of and you know skills of these kids it's amazing um the actors are all great i really wish that we'd bought these long ago and had been watching them once every couple of years or so because they're just fantastic And, um, while I was on Amazon buying that, I saw an ad for the, uh, Cornetto trilogy and we had watched, yeah, yeah. We'd watched, this was like a a bundle of all three of them for like 18 bucks. Like, yes, yes. We're buying this. We'd watched, uh,
0: um, such a good deal.
2: Yeah. Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. We'd watched a few times. We'd actually never seen the world's end, but,
0: Jeez, That's oh, my favorite, honestly. I think it's the best of the trilogy.
2: I cannot pick a favorite. Like they're they're all very different, and they have the same kind of humor. Edgar Wright is an absolute genius. It's it's hard to fault anything about any of those movies, and it's really hard to pick a favorite. Um, I'd have to watch World's End a few more times to really judge that. But <laughs> I couldn't. I texted you guys when I was watching that one. I couldn't remember any of the trailers for it. I didn't really know what it was about and they get to the bathroom scene and spoiler alert. If you haven't seen world's end and you know, these, this kid goes in when Simon Pegg's characters in the bathroom and there's a fight starts. And all of a sudden the guy's head pops off. Like he's a Lego minifig and like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. And then it just gets crazier from there. All fantastic movies. You guys out listening to this should check those out if you haven't. Um, I think Edgar Wright's one of those directors where I will just, if his name is attached to it at all, I'm going to watch it because he is a genius.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
2: Uh, last thing I'll talk about with what I've been watching because you don't want to hear literally everything because that would take an hour. Um, Brooklyn nine, nine started back up on its new season on NBC and so glad to have that back. I was gutted when that got canceled, but now it's back and it's still The exact same thing. It doesn't seem like the transition to NBC has changed anything at all. It's still great.
0: Thank you, Travis. So in terms of what I've been watching, I got Spider-Man Homecoming 4K uh, for Black Friday. So I decided that I wanted to watch it except uh i was missing some marvel context around it so i started watching a few marvel films before um and i watched not in this order i watched Thor: ragnarok captain american civil war spider-man homecoming doctor strange and infinity war again because i couldn't i was just like you know what <laughs> let's do it <laughs> let's let's watch them all <laughs> and it was fun i had a really fun time um I don't think Infinity War quite holds up like it did when I first watched it. If you go back to our review and then our um, second review, I believe we we did it twice. I really love the movie and seeing it again, um, I kind of see some more of the critiques surfacing on the movie. Um, I wish it had a little bit more time to give the characters time to breathe. But again, I liked it a lot again, but uh, I, I can see a lot where people are. Talking about some of the critiques and where that kind of hit me in in a way that they didn't before, where I was like, "No, I, I didn't see that," but now I kind of did. So, back in November, it, we were awesome. It was awesome enough to we got an email from our credit card, our Alaska Visa credit card, um, saying that we could go see Aquaman two days before it hit theaters. And I was like, I kind of thought it was like spam or something. So I didn't really pay attention. And then my wife is like, hey, you know, you want to go to that? And then we scheduled time. I got tickets to go see it. It was free. uh, And we went. And it was really neat because um, thank you, Alaska Visa. I don't know. Just because we had the card, we got free water, free popcorn, um, soda if you want. I don't drink soda, so I didn't get it. And then posters. And right now I'm looking at my picture of Jason Moma. And the Lunal Mermaid on my wall, because I got a free poster, I actually gave another one to cheerful um, ghost user Will. Uh, he has the other one that I got. Um, and I had a lot of fun. It was campy, crazy. <laughs> yes. Um, but finally, someone is starting to do DC movies and they got the memo that they can be fun, you know, because Aquaman was a lot of fun. They could be
1: more than just a dreary mess. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Now, the movie, like at the beginning, it's so campy. I was laughing. I was laughing and I'm like, this is amazing. And it's not a laughing moment or whatever, but it just embraces the camp. It embraces the crazy. And it finally a movie kind of gets up to that fun level that Wonder Woman was. I think Wonder Woman's probably a little bit better, but Aquaman was great. Um, It's got heart. It's way better than it should be. Uh, and it takes this overly dumb concept and doubles down and the camp. It's like a space movie underwater. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked it a lot. Um, and yeah, the, the, the guy that did fast and the furious did this movie, Jason Wan, And, uh, wow. It was really good. Travis. I know you saw it. What'd you think? About yeah. Korea? I
2: thought it was a lot of fun. I was trying to determine whether it was taking itself seriously at some times. Like it, the main antagonist like the first time he says the word ocean master he says it with a totally straight face it doesn't seem like it's being played for camp but i just thought it was freaking hilarious that this guy's somehow managing to say the word ocean master with a straight face
0: yeah (laughs) yeah in the beginning yeah in the beginning of the movie when the bad guys are trying to steal that thing and then aquaman lets uh oh, I guess I really shouldn't spoil it, but something happens and they're like, "No, Aquaman or what." And it's just so great. It's just so yeah. bad the way and it's just so camp. It was, I loved it. I loved yeah,
2: it. Yeah. I loved I I mean, I don't think it was like great cinema that's going to win any awards no, or anything, no, but it no. was so much fun. Like the camp was elevated up to 11. It was great.
0: Right? So um, I'm going to the rest of the things that I've been watching are all on Netflix and I'll go over them really quickly. So this movie on called Roma is on Netflix. So Travis mentioned Prisoner of Azkaban, Alfonso Coron uh directed that one. Uh Alfonso also directed Gravity. He directed Children of Men. He also directed Roma, which is a must-watch. You need to watch Roma. It's a movie about a housekeeper in Mexico during the 60s or 70s, and it's incredible. Um, when I heard Alfonso Corone was getting a Netflix movie, I was so happy. Um, it's so good, it's just incredible. You need it's a must-watch. You need to watch. Roma watch it with um your significant other uh and make time for it because it's a slow movie but it's it's like it's like it's 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 topping people's movie of the list and it's year list for a reason it's incredible he's so fantastic in the movie it's got a fun nod to gravity (laughs) I'm not gonna say when but it's cool you'll know it when you see it it's really cool so Um, there's this one, uh, shot at the end, this one take shot he did with a dolly on the beach. That's just incredible. So you take a movie about, um, only Alfonso Cuaron could take a movie about a housekeeper in Mexico and have some of the most inventive shots I've ever seen in a movie. It's in black and white um, to help with the tone of the film. It's incredible. The the, the sound editing is so great. And how many, often do you hear people talk about sound editing for a movie? Anyways, Roma, incredible. Watch it. So um, another film on Netflix um, is I.O., Last on Earth. It, it, the film's about um, uh, a, uh, a young woman who's uh, one of the last people on Earth after Earth um, has... Um, uh, sort of like global climate change happened, and the inv- and the uh, atmosphere is no longer breathable on earth, except this one woman is in a pocket of breathable air. And Anthony Mackey, who's um Hawkeye in Avengers. Um, comes to visit her, and I'm not going to say what happens, but it's a really cool movie. It's an apocalypse movie. It's not perfect, but I really liked it. Um, it's got a really ambiguous ending. I'm really curious what you all would think of how that movie ending and ended and that kind of thing. But it's cool. Again, another Netflix movie that's pretty good. Um, really good. Uh, another Netflix movie I saw. This is a documentary. Um and there are two uh documentaries made of the fire festival one on hulu and one on netflix i watched the netflix one cuz i don't have hulu um it's called fire the greatest party that ever hap- that never happened basically if you didn't know and i didn't know cuz i'm not on instagram um well i am but i'm not on instagram every day is um this app was made called fire that was um an attempt to make it so that you could book um whatever talent you wanted so if you wanted like uh, a rapper or a, a rock star to come to your birthday party, you could book them through this app called Fire, and they wanted to promote the app, and so they're going to make a music festival, and instead of making a m- music festival like a, a venue in New York, they decided they were going to put it on a Caribbean island, or this Bahamas island, which is the hardest way to book a festival. Um, it basically de-evolved into um, this sort of Lord of the Flies scenario for millennials. <laughs> so, um, it if- if you're interested in seeing um, some crazy startup failure and Lord of the Flies millennial stuff and people trying to exist on toast and sleeping in tents that are completely waterlogged and everything, you need to watch the fire festival, the greatest party that ever happened on Netflix. It's it's weird. It's 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 just watching a car crash and how amazing that is. It's like the best kind of reality TV. So I'm not saying it's great. It's not. <laughs> But if you're interested in the Fire Festival and want to watch a car crash, watch it. There is some crazy stuff they talk about that I don't even want to talk about on Cheerful Ghost Radio. So, yeah, it's um, weird that they
2: had two documentaries come out at roughly the same time on different yeah. competing services. Like, yeah. you think they were like working together, like, hey, let's <laughs> share our info on this one.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, Hulu uh, stepped up their release date to complete with the Netflix one. But um, I heard the Netflix ah, okay. one is better, hadn't heard. Um, I hadn't heard you know, I don't have Hulu's, I hadn't watched it. And then finally I watched a movie called Close on Netflix. So this is a movie with uh the woman who is in um uh the girl with the dragon tattoo, and she's also um in um she was also in Prometheus, um oh, as Nimi the main Rippos. character. Yeah, exactly. And she um Basically it's a movie about where Naomi is a bodyguard who is hired to watch um a young woman who seems to be a high schooler who is the daughter of someone who runs a mine in some Middle Eastern country I don't I don't quite remember which and so the movie kind of It's kind of like Taken meets Die Hard in like the Middle East. Um, And it's really interesting. Again, it's not great, but it's good. It's a good action movie. So if you're looking for a really cool action movie with Naomi and, uh, you know, where she's a real badass, (laughs) watch it. It's quite a bit of fun. Again, uh, really, really cool. So as to what I've been playing, um, I got from Tim, Darkest Dungeon on Steam. And uh, I played through that a little bit, Uh, not a lot, just a little bit. And uh, yeah, it's everything Travis said. It's really hard. It's really fun. It's great. I wish I had more time for games. Um, Travis and I have um, we're going to announce something soon as to why I haven't really been playing a lot of games. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I have played that one and it's, uh, it's really fun. I, again, I wish I had more time. I also played lemmings on mobile. Um, I think ultimately that was kind of a little bit of a disappointment for me. It's okay. It kind of has the lemmings, but it doesn't really feel like old lemmings to me. And it sort of wears, it's free to play trappings a little bit on the sleeve. I don't know. It's okay. It's okay. It, it's a lemmings game and you can keep playing it, but I, I don't, there's not really much compelling me to continue. Um, I sort of picked up Hearthstone again. There was another expansion. I kind of ground some pet quests, earned some packs. I kind of stopped, you know, just kind of played it a little bit. It, it was fun. It's fun to get back in, but I didn't actually open in the packs. And then I got, which was incredible, a switch, um, for Christmas. And I was very, very happy for that. Um, and I have been playing a couple games on that. Um, I got from Travis. Thank you, Travis. Mega Man 11 on the switch. And I've been playing that, um, really fun. Wow. It's, uh, it's. It's basically what you'd want a Mega Man game to be. Um, at first, I was kind of un- it was kind of bummed because it wasn't basically just a recreation of Mega Man 2, <laughs> but I kind of really appreciate a lot of the the modern trappings I put with the game. And, you know, the fact that you can unlo- there's a currency in the game and you can buy unlockables and that kind of thing. And it makes the game easier. Uh, beaten so far three bosses and it's fun. It's fun. I wish I had more time to play games. But uh, again, Travis and I have an announcement we're going to make soon about why I haven't been playing a lot. And also um, you can download Fortnite on the Switch, which I did. Um, One of the cool things about that is the Switch version of Fortnite is only three gigs as opposed to the desktop version, which is like four billion. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I think it's more like 30 gigs, which is a ton. Um, Fortnite on the Switch is great. Um, You just get in and out. In fact, I got second place. uh, I almost got Victor Real on the Switch, which I was really, really happy uh, that I did that um, through a through a bunch of happenstances where I basically was just kind of like, Hanging out and not really trying to fight anyone. <laughs> it's just hiding out and just kind of like kiting around people. And then I got and then I killed a couple people and then I made it to the end. And this guy he was just building things and he was crazy and then killed me. So that was really fun. Second place in Fortnite. I was really happy about that. So uh that's what I've been watching and that's what I've been playing.
1: Hey everyone, this is Tim from Cheerful Ghost Radio. My co-host and I want to thank you for listening to our show. We have a lot of fun making this podcast, and I hope you enjoy it too. If you like what we're doing and you want to support us, you can do so on Patreon. Patreon is a site where people can fund the things they love. If you choose to support us at the membership level, you'll also get some awesome benefits on the Cheerful Ghost website. So head over to cheerfulghost.com, click the heart icon at the top of the page, and support us on Patreon. Thanks! All right. Before we get started, we wanted to warn all of you that there are massive spoilers ahead for Glass and a lot of Shyamalan's previous work, including Unbreakable and Split and possibly others. So if you don't want to spoil those twists, turn back now. And we are so serious about that, that I'm actually turning back and leaving because I haven't seen the movie Glass yet. So, John, Travis, I leave you here. Have a good uh, review. Yeah. Bye, Tim.
2: uh, See you later. Some of us still don't die with bullets.
0: Some of us can still bend steel. Glass is a follow-up to Unbreakable and Split, and starts with David Dunn trying to track down Kevin Wendell Crumb and all the personalities living in his head. But everyone's plans are put on hold when they are sent to a mental institution where they meet Mr. Glass and Dr. Ellie Staple who seem to think their superpowers are all in their heads. Ready. What do we call you, sir? First
2: name. Mr. Last name. Blast.
0: Travis, it's just you and me here. So yeah. um, I was thinking that we could talk a little bit about. What was sort of happening for us when we saw Unbreakable and kind of what we thought about it back, because uh, Unbreakable is uh, it's an older film, it you is. know, M. Yeah. Night Shyamalan's like second film, I think. Um, and I'm curious, what'd you think about it when it came out? And, uh, would you, uh, what'd you think of it when you watched it?
2: I thought it was fantastic. I mean, Shyamalan was coming off of the sixth sense, which just took the world by storm and had everybody quoting, I see dead people. And I thought that unbreakable surpassed it. I was so into unbreakable. I, it was when I first got a DVD player, it was one of the first DVDs that I bought because I wanted to watch that a thousand times and that see was all a the really special good release. That's a good
0: release. So the special features are really cool. And I like the design of it. I I have that DVD. Uh, It's great.
2: Agreed. Yeah. Um, I need to go back and watch it again. I should have done that before seeing Glass, honestly. But I remember... It was a big shock when the big the twist happened and you realized this is more of a comic book movie than you realized. <laughs> because comic book movies weren't really a thing back then, that much. I mean, they were around, but they weren't as big as they are now. And just all of a sudden, hey, this is a full-on superhero, supervillain movie with powers and weaknesses. And I loved every single minute of it. Like, I was just just enthralled with it.
0: So my first... Experience with Unbreakable was a spoiler. My friend mentioned to me that, "Oh yeah, Unbreakable. It's that, it's that movie where the guy's a super villain." And I'm like, "Huh?" And he's like, "Yeah." At the (laughs) end of Unbreakable, he's a super villain. I'm like, "Oh, it's a it's a superhero movie." I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." I didn't really think that was a spoiler until I was talking to my friend who was like, uh, had the movie, he had the DVD, loved Unbreakable. And he's like, yeah, my, my friend, he's like, hey, he's like, have you seen a brick alone? Like, no. He's like, Oh, you need to see it. And he's like, we should watch it right now. And I'm like, yeah, my friend mentioned it was a super villain or something. He's like, Oh, did your friend also kick you in the nuts? Because that's the <laughs> worst spoiler ever. You need to like, oh, man. <laughs> you need to like dump that friend. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, I'm really good friends with that person, <laughs> the movie still, but he doesn't spoil movies for me anymore. Um, and I saw <laughs> the movie and I knew it was coming, but it was still a great movie. Um, I never got that Shyamalan ending for me, but I really, really liked it. I liked how slow it was. I liked that it was uh, a very cool character piece. Bruce Willis is spot on. Samuel L. Jackson is spot on. The movie's great. So I really liked it. And again, I have the DVD. I think I bought it used from Blockbuster. <laughs> Actually, so my copy still has the blockbuster sticker. Uh, it's like eight ninety nine or something uh, used sticker on it or whatever. But uh, really, really fun, really fun. So Travis, you know, moving forward, um, split came out, and again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Everything it was spoiled for me too. Like I knew that it was a I knew that Split was a unbreakable sequel. Did you know that before you saw it?
2: Honestly, I did, and I'm not sad about that because No, me
0: either. I don't think it ruined anything for me, frankly.
2: Yeah, and also just I had kind of given up on watching Shyamalan movies by that point. Yeah. And um I think I Probably wouldn't have sought it out if I didn't know that it was tied into Unbreakable. And I found that out, like, okay, great, yeah, let's watch this. And man, I'm glad I did. Because McAvoy was just so good in that movie, and the supporting cast was also great. But just McAvoy's change between the different characters on the fly was so good. And his absolute terror in his face when he is the beast, like, that is just disturbing. I wonder if there's something wrong with McAvoy that he can tap into that because it is so good.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, to me, Unbreakable and Split are imminently rewatchable. And I've seen Split now a couple times. I saw it originally mm-hmm. and then I watched it again. Then I bought it on 4K and I've watched it again. And I think Split is like almost a perfect movie for me because I'm, I'm not saying it's the best movie ever, but it's so good and it's fun and it's so tight it's just so well executed um i think it's like peak shamalan frankly and he's got mm-hmm. a lot of movies that i like and i'll even liked lady in the water that he did i know a lot of people didn't but i i liked it i i thought it was pretty good for what it was it was a it's a kid's bedtime story you know it's like a fairy tale and i liked it but uh split is my kind of film you know it's It's, it's, it's that movie that you can watch and it's, you can watch it at night and scary and weird and just, there's so much going on and I don't know, it's, it's so fun. So for me, Split was really cool. So when I found out that he was going to make Glass, uh, as the follow up to it, I was stoked and I think we all were. In fact, I think you can go back to Cheerful Ghost Radio and you can hear us talking about how we were all going to see Glass and everything. So Mm Very, very excited. And I, we finally got to see it. So, uh, yeah. Let's talk about our thoughts on Glass. May I meet the beast? I hope for your sake that he likes you.
2: That sounds like the bad guys teaming up.
0: Travis, let's break it. Let's break our thoughts about Glass. <laughs> <laughs> and you can go first, man. Uh, what do you think? Okay. Of Glass. Over,
2: overall, I think it was really good. Uh, I think it was pretty good at least. Um, you know, we talked about the pacing of Unbreakable and, and Split just in the past couple of minutes and I feel like the pacing was kind of where it was a little bit faulty in Glass. Like it seemed like it was trying to capture some of the feel of both movies and they didn't really mesh as well. Like the it, I don't know. It it lost momentum a few times throughout and there was some kind of I can't remember specific examples of this but there was a few times when i was thinking that the script could have used some rewrites for some of the dialogue that was a little bit stilted kind of felt like early lucas stuff before he had people to help him out with that
0: shots fired y'all shots fired
2: (laughs) a friend of mine kind of put it pretty well i thought that he felt like uh, glass and the prequels suffered from the same kind of thing that there was no other creative person in the room with Lucas or Shyamalan to kind of help take these amazing ideas and kind of refine them a bit. And I, I think that's a, that's a really good point. Um, I thought that glass had, wow, there were a few twists in that, honestly, like when, when you find out that, uh, Dr. Staple is, uh, working for a group to suppress them and try to, v- prevent the superheroes and villains from rising when you find out that glass created uh, the beast when you find out that they've got this plan to reveal all the powered people to the world i thought that all three of those twists were really handled very well i thought they all landed well for me i've heard other people who say they didn't for them but i thought it was really well done Um, but overall i thought it was really good just had some kind of pacing and dialogue issues
0: Right. So um, I want to talk about some things that, uh, you know, I didn't like, but we're going to go over things that we did like. And I think in general, Glass is a proper follow up to Split. Um, And I'll go into what I mean by that uh, a little bit later. But I would say that Glass is a very unconventional ending to a really unconventional trilogy. Uh, people are calling mm-hmm. it the East Rail 177 trilogy, which is the worst trilogy name ever, uh, I think. <laughs> um, it, it's not that it's not cool or whatever. It just really doesn't roll off the tongue. It does not. I don't not. know what I would call it, the Unbreakable trilogy. I don't even know. But um, it's cool because that's the train, and the train definitely focuses the movies, I suppose. The train that derailed in Unbreakable and Unbreakable and that kind of thing that's cited in class. But... Um, One part of Glass brings David Dunn and and the Beast and Mr. Glass together. And I think the other part is doing its own thing and swerves a little bit um, to create sort of a solo place character finale at the end. But um, let's go into things I really liked, too. So if you for me, Glass seemed like a follow up to Split or a sequel to Split Um, and kind of maybe the best one for me. But it, tonally it feels more like a split sequel than an unbreakable one. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that, uh, and this is something I want to talk about in, you know, um, things I want to note a little bit later, but I just think that unbreakable seemed to me like a, um, a sort of like slow paced drama and split is more of a thriller slash horror movie. And so I think that glass is, seems more like a thriller ish horror movie. Um, and it kind of I think glass kind of misses the unbreakable tone a little bit, so the unbreakable parts are here um but I think it lands more as a split sequel and setup yeah. but I think split is more of a modern tone tonally movie um because you have such a long time between unbreakable and split and glass, so it made sense that he would do that I think tonally so if you love McAvoy's personalities, you're gonna get a ton more of that here. I think McAvoy, like, just rapid fire throws out personalities like three times in the movie. Um, so if you loved that, you're going to get it. If you love how smart Mr. Glass is, you're going to get more of that here, too, because McAvoy is more of the beast in this movie than in Split. Um, Mr. Glass and and, and, and and the Horde. Uh, Mr. Glass is smarter and more dangerous and more of a supervillain in this movie. Um, there are really great interactions between David Dunn, who's now the overseer, which is what people call him. So he gets a proper superhero mo- uh, name and his son, who's back and he's also all grown up, which is amazing to see him back in this role. And he's yeah. the guy in the chair, which is cool. He's, uh, he's, he's the guy in the chair. So I, I- mentioned
2: McAvoy being a great. Uh, we both did. I, I thought that he was actually better in this than he was in split. I think it's because he got all that
0: interesting
2: rapid fire stuff that he did more in this movie. I think there's just so much talent that has to go into that. Like just being able to totally switch your character effectively yeah like five times over the course of fifteen yeah. seconds it was masterful,
0: yeah yeah he did He did a fantastic job. I'm still trying to understand for me if I think split's better or glass i I really want to buy glass and watch it a couple times and then watch them all three together before I can finally say, but I think where it stands right now, I think split for me is a better movie, um, I agree, yeah, yeah, I just think it's tighter. Glass has a lot going on. We'll, we'll talk about that. And not say I didn't like Glass, uh, but uh, I think Split's a little tighter. So um, I like that they build up this entire ending where they're going to go to the tower <laughs> and fight it out. Um, mm-hmm. I also like, you know, that they are teasing Marvel because they mentioned like they keep showing this um, magazine with the tower and they say it's like a modern marvel (laughs) which is (laughs) very fun like nod to these epic endings and marvel in general and that they don't do a big finish at the tower because this movie firstly doesn't have enough money for that (laughs) but secondly it's not that kind of movie uh it does something different um it does have a it does have an ending but it's it's less ambitious than that because unbreakable Split and Glass aren't epic superhero movies. They're movies about superheroes in the real world. And if that were going to happen, how would that look like? So I respect it for doing that. Um, And we'll talk more about that a little bit. So in your right, Travis, the ending has a couple of Shyamalan twists that were fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think maybe anything as powerful as The Sixth Sense or maybe even the first Unbreakable movie, but really cool yeah. anyway. I like the superhero killing society. Yeah. I think that's a really cool concept. Uh And honestly, I don't think that's one I disagree with. Um Having like overpowered people that could do things is probably not great and if you think about it there's two bad guys for one good guy so maybe <laughs> you know it's like i don't know i'm not sure it's always that um balanced but i don't think they were wrong exactly mm-hmm. uh in in doing it i mean they they just kind of killed people arbitrarily i suppose but i don't know um yeah so those were my thoughts on glass all right, Travis. So I wanted to talk about some things maybe we didn't like or things that we wanted to note. Is that cool with you? Yeah, definitely. Great. So I think this movie tries to balance the tone of Unbreakable and Split, which are totally tonally different movies, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, what did you think? Do you think Unbreakable and Split kind of seem like tonally different movies?
2: Very much so. I think like what you said earlier about it being different times as like Split yeah. being a more modern feel, That that's part of it. I don't think that's all of it, though. Um, they just... If even if they were made in the same year, I think they would have felt different.
0: Yes, which is why I think Glass is a bit problematic. It's trying mm-hmm. to marry them and I don't and it's hard. It's a hard thing to do, Um, even for Shyamalan, who I think does a great job. It's just hard. So, again, splits a thriller. It's a horror movie. Unbreakable is an action thriller, I guess. Um, And Unbreakable like felt more moody and dark to me. And Glass is pretty brightly lit. And at least that was my feel in the first watch of it. Um, Yeah. And again, I think Split's a little bit more focused Um, anyway. So I saw, uh, and one thing I want to talk about too, and just of things of note and gripes is the first 20% of this movie uh, repeats and rebuilds the themes that were from split and unbreakable almost verbatim. So Mm -hmm. I don't think this is a bad idea. But since I, the themes of Unbreakable and Split were in my mind, because I hadn't seen them too long ago, um, it was very, it, it, it was kind of something I wish that they could have just got through. So you can, you, you know, I, I would compare this movie to Infinity War and that that movie doesn't repeat anything. <laughs> in fact, if you don't know what had happened in movies past, you're going to be lost.
2: Oh, you're very lost. Yeah,
0: absolutely. In the beginning of uh, class, Glass they're basically like you could watch this movie on its own and you're not going to miss much. Now, you're know, you know, things are going to happen, but they, they basically restate the themes of um, glass and unbreakable and or split and unbreakable. So for me, I thought the first 20 minutes was a little slower for me. Uh, the good news is that when that's over, um, the rest of the movie was great and it was pretty much the size of the, f- <laughs> after that 20 minutes or so, it's about the s- same as a regular full length film after that. Uh, but I just want things to speed up a little bit in the beginning, and I sort of wonder after watching all three how that would go because again, it's just kind of repeating a lot of that. And again, again, Shalom Shyamalan, Shyamalan probably did that so that people that you know haven't seen it or don't remember it because Unbreakable was a long time ago, they could have a good experience. I, I wonder what you think about that, Travis?
2: Yeah, I didn't. I had not seen Unbreakable in a long time, so I didn't mind that. Um, I did kind of note that it seemed like. Like the horde had captured more girls and it's like, okay, well this yep. is exactly what happened in the last movie. Yep. That, exactly. But, right. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't mind it so much for David Dunn because I didn't remember. I mean, I remembered the, the big story beats of it. But yeah. Yeah. It was, it was nice. to kind of have a refresher to get me back in that mode a bit, but yeah, no, I definitely see your point. If you've just seen it recently, then it would feel like overstating things.
0: Another thing uh, and it's just something I noticed, which I'm like, oh, OK, that's that's cool. But I don't think it really worked. You know, it was kind of like a fan moment or maybe for M night. It was a moment for him. But M. Night actually um, cameos in almost all of his movies. I think all of them. And in the original Unbreakable, he's a character who's um, in the place where David Dunn works uh, in the. Where does he work? He works in a stadium and mm-hmm. m Knight's selling drugs or whatnot and david dunn pats him down and doesn't find anything so uh m night is also in split and then m night comes back in class and they put so fine a point that he was in unbreakable and he sold drugs in the stadium and that he's a good guy now and i was like okay fine but like that ugh. If you're going to be in the movie then just don't like hit the nail so hard on the head, you know? Like <laughs> like yeah. make some mystery be like, "Oh, it could be the same guy or it is the same guy, but don't say it." It just it's like the movie Groundhog Hall. and he's like, "I'm back, y'all." And I'm like,
2: "Dude, stop." <laughs> stop.
0: You know what part I'm talking about?
2: I do. Yeah. No, uh, I didn't really like bring me out of the movie or anything, but I see your point. It was a little on the nose.
0: <laughs> right. Right. It was. Um so I think, it again, it feels more like a split ending. And I think why is because in in some ways I'm really happy that David Dunn is back. But the way he's used in the movie, I don't it. You definitely could feel the budget, I think, because um, uh, the the actor, uh, Bruce Willis, uh, makes quite a bit of money (laughs) for being in movies. This budget, I believe, was 20 million dollars. You could tell that, you know, there are scenes where he's in his outfit and that's not him because they couldn't get him to film all those days. Right. So I thought that the ending sort of didn't wrap up um, David Dunn's character very well because, you know, he's, he's just sort of he he gets You know, his face shoved in the water and he dies. And I don't have a problem with all the characters dying. I just thought the way that he died specifically didn't do him very much service. I I thought I wanted more of him in the movie and we just didn't get it. Again, I think it's a product of the budget, which is unfortunate. But I think that was something that I noted. And that's why I think it feels more like a follow up to Split, because it seems to give the most follow up to the Horde and Mr. Glass, which is to the movie's credit. And David just feels to me in the movie, like he's just there and he's not so much of a character that matters in this story, which is really unfortunate. And the way that he dies, I just, it, it, it didn't feel like it did him service. Um, unbreakable is great. And, and I don't know in a way I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to watch it again. I might think about it differently, but it's just something I noticed. Um, yeah. So I don't know, Travis, if you had any thoughts on the the, the the parts of the movie that maybe didn't work for you or just any of your sort of follow up thoughts on Glass.
2: Yeah. And, and along the lines of that, it seemed like David's character didn't really. There wasn't really a transition at all in his character. Like he, it seemed like he was just there basically to be the muscle that could stop the horde and yeah. yep. not much else. I mean, he was just right. there. Right. Um,
0: having, having a good time with his kid, having some, yeah. you know, some ghosts of his wife passing from cancer, which is fine. But, but yeah, I mean, I think that the horde had a, had a turn, you know what I mean? Like, um, and I think that was great. And that's why I think it felt more like a split follow up, frankly.
2: Definitely. I did love the focus on glass though. I mean, the, yeah. the name, the name yeah. of the movie is glass and you learn a lot about him and his, yeah, it's his character and his plan kind of coming to fruition. And it's, it's well that part of it was really well done, but yeah, David's right. character is a little bit lackluster. I hadn't thought about the budget consideration being part of it, but that's probably not a bad point. Oh, it could have also been a time thing because,
0: Oh, I imagine it was all of the two. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: Now, one thing that I didn't think I was going to like, um, you know, I came out of the film and I texted you guys like, just saw a glass. I don't know exactly what to think. I know that I didn't hate it. And that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> Something that's what about. you
0: saw. I was like, wow. And uh, wow. Yeah.
2: I, I really had a lot to think about because like, yeah, Shyamalan had said early on, like after the trailer dropped like, Hey, yeah, that's marketing. Maybe don't expect what you saw in the trailer when you see the movie. And I went into the movie thinking that like, don't expect anything. And still the ending of that movie, I was just kind of gutted. Like, Oh yeah. my God. They killed everybody. Like this yeah. is the end of it. Like,
0: yeah.
2: Ugh. But no, after sitting with it for a while and thinking, well, it about ends it,
0: like three times, I think. Uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> Which but, is cool. I think it's to its credit. It's fun.
2: Yeah. It didn't, didn't quite have the same Lord of the Rings effect where you try to stand up like five times thinking the movie is over and then it comes back for more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right.
2: But yeah, like having some time to think about it, I really did like the ending. I thought it was a great way to close off the trilogy. Uh, I do wish that David had gotten some more character development in Glass, but just the finality of it kind of hit me when I saw it in the theater, but I think it was a good way to end things. Uh with Glass's plan working essentially, even though he's dead, his plan worked. And people talk about Ryan Johnson subverting expectations. I feel like this one really did in ways that I couldn't have guessed by a mile. And I think that was part of my problem at first was just how far into left field. The movie went from where I was expecting.
0: This movie did not get great reviews. Um, in fact, no, right not. now on IMDb, it's sitting at a uh, three and a half stars, which is pretty good. But on Rotten Tomatoes, it's a 36%, which is not great. Um, that rev- those reviews, I think, are a product of the movie not living up to what people think a superhero movie's ending should be. And this movie mm-hmm. understands that, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And it plays with that, and then it doesn't give it to you. Um, to its credit, that said, I am not sure that the, that there are a couple weird things that happen in the end that I like, like David Dunn's bending a bar and it's supposed to be super, happy, but it's so slow. You know, I I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's some things like I really liked the fight between the horde and, you know, and that kind of thing. But there are some elements that are a little weird in that ending. But I think that people wanted It seems like the like I just don't think that people wanted a slow burn thriller. Like split follow up, I think they wanted it to take on the mantle of an Infinity War like ending where it was more epic, where they did come into where, where he basically does take them to a tower and they fight it out. And then the world knows not in the way that it happened where they die and basically they die in a parking lot after they fight. So I think that the movie is commenting on that. And then the audience is reacting to the fact that it didn't give it what it wanted. Yeah. Uh, So it's, it's an interesting kind of meta thing and sort of audience expectations. And for me, I think that, you know, when I buy the movie, and watch it again, I think it's going to have a lot more impact than it maybe did in the movie theater. Because again, I don't know if this movie is as effective in a movie theater setting. Maybe it would have been more effective if people were watching in their houses. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the rating would have gone up. Maybe on Netflix, this movie is the most popular movie, (laughs) you know what I mean? Around, you know? So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that maybe it was a product of that. What do you think? I don't know. What do you think, Travis?
2: Yeah, I would like, I was thinking, like earlier when you were talking about how you wish you had seen it at home, I was kind of thinking about Netflix's re- recent releases and how, um, bird box, which we, uh, in terms of our chronology just talked about, but you'll be hearing it later, um, has gotten like 60 million views. And I'm wondering how many views glass would get on that if it had gone straight to Netflix and it might've been a movie that did better on that well okay no that's not true it's doing really well in the box office i don't think it would have done better on netflix but it could have done well on netflix and maybe been i don't know lower or different expectations from it seeing it on netflix than seeing it in a theater
0: i don't know what have you done elijah Travis, how do you rate glass on the ghost scale?
2: You know, if you've listened this far and you've heard all the spoilers, then you've probably already seen Unbreakable and Split. So if you have, I think this is, it sits on the edge of a rad and a must watch just because of the, you get more of some of great stuff. And it took me a while to get there. I didn't know what to think when I first got out of the theater, but it, once I kind of let it all gel, it's, uh, it's really, really effective for me. And I think the, I don't know, it has some not insignificant issues, but the parts that worked worked so well. Yeah, I, I can't really decide if it's rad or must watch. It's somewhere in between those two, but I can't quite pin it down.
0: Glass is rad it's a rad movie uh, I liked it a lot I can't wait to see it again cozy it up within my house I think the way that well, will really work for me and I'm really excited to rewatch all of them again I can't wait to jump through the special features the split special features were really fun and I and glass is going to be good and I can't wait to watch it again so it's a rad movie if you really liked Unbreakable and Split, um, watch it. Maybe maybe not in the movie theater, but it's great. It's doing really well there, too. So if you're looking for something fun to see, uh, glass is your movie.